Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. If you're Drew Brees and you're sitting back and you know Michael Thomas is coming back, next thing you know, you see the New Orleans Saints trade up and take a guy like Chris Olave who can beat you at all levels on the football field from the wide receiver position. But not only that, a guy that's from there, from Louisiana and Jarvis Landry, he signs and comes comes back home. I can't think of a better wide receiver group that Drew Brees has ever worked with ever, than ever. what I'm than what I'm witnessing right now in New Orleans. I love how we're willing to like crown Chris Olave without ever seeing him play it down in the NFL. <laughs> it's true. Like, I get it. I'd be excited about it too. So. Like, there's reason to be excited. Like, we get excited about those positions more than we get excited about an edge guy. Like, I would say, what did the Lave go? Like, number 12 overall? Did they trade I think it was 11. 11? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, who do you think is more excited about their guy? I'm talking fan base, maybe even organization. Organization is a little hard to read, so let's just say um, fan base. More excited about their guy. Saints and Chris Olave, or like the Lions and Hutchinson? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I think you see more of the Olave to your point, but I think the Lions fans would be like, I don't know where they are. They're just not voicing it, but I think the Mich- the Michigan part of it, I think they are going to be excited. I think when he gets on the field, they'll be like, that's our guy. Um, but Look, the Saints have needed help at wide receiver for a bit. You've had Michael Thomas running slants, and that's about it. So getting another impact player is going to be big for them, and they just want to talk about it. So shout-out to them. I'm not mad at it. You got to share the W's when you can get it, Brent. Yeah, listen, I wouldn't be mad at it either. I just think it's an interesting thought process because the bottom line is Olave starts to sprinkle in. Like like Hutchinson, I don't know how much better he – Hutchinson might be really good. How much better right now he's going to make that defense, turn him into wins? I don't know. Olave, first of all, he's a pass catcher. We love that stuff, fantasy football. You're not, you don't have Hutchinson on your fantasy football team, most likely. No, sir. But you have Olave. Mm-hmm. Or you might have Thomas, who's coming back from injury, 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 and now might even be better. And you better be. He's making $20 million a year to do nothing the last couple of years. Uh, and then you add in Landry. So now you're like, oh. If I've got Landry, if I've got, well, of course, nobody's got anybody right now, but you get my point, uh, unless it's a keeper league. And so I think we can see that. It's more tangible. It's more. It's something to get excited about. It's like, but I, I just think naturally we have said, oh, like Chris Olave is going to help out the Saints more than like Hutchinson is going to help out the Lions. And because we can see stats around it and how it might impact others, um, and therefore we say, wow, he might make the best receiving trio like Drew Brees has ever had or the Saints have had. And I'm not even sure, like, that's even remotely close to accurate. Michael Thomas, when he's good, he's good. He hasn't been available. Olave's never had a snap in the NFL. And Jarvis Landry is a guy like, how many people were knocking at his door? Yeah, I mean, we it, it feels like more should have been, but... You know, I know. I, I agree with that, too, by the way. I like Lick. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as we know, not a ton. There wasn't a ton of action there. But it's just, see how, like, we like the idea of stuff. We like sure. the the names. We get, we, we just get really caught up in that. And I'm just not sure it's reality. Like, 
Uh, we've had several. Obviously, Saints were a big topic on ESPN because we keep having sound on it. Like I think the Drew Brees stuff is what we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's much to it, and I I kind of like the way we were talking about it. Like, would you rather have Jameis really than Drew? Um, but I think I, I think overall, people are now inflating Saints. Last week, I, I didn't care about the Saints. Mm-hmm. They go sign Matthew. They sign Landry. And I'm like, okay, I can see why people get excited about the Saints. Now I think we've reached a point where we're overhyping the Saints. Maybe. Like, they're not better than Tom Brady and the Bucks. Like, there's, that's, there's not even a reasonable argument but, to, to know that they're better than that team. But Brady can't beat them. Well, that's fair. So but, if they're comparable and the pattern holds, then maybe they don't need to be better than them. But if they're comparable and are good enough to beat them once, potentially twice, then there's a conversation there, I think. Because the Bucks, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but they start off this, the season tough. They play Green Bay in that first four weeks. The first four weeks are not easy for the Bucks, And if they get off to a slow start, the Saints don't, then that it's going to creep up. And I'm telling you, there's something there with Brady and the Saints. I will ask you this, though, on terms of the Saints, and you brought it up, because on paper we really like it, Thomas, Alave, and Jarvis. You taking that, or are you taking... Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and name your third, LaVisca or Zay Jones. Yeah, I'd probably have to put LaVisca, even though it's – like, the Jags probably say Zay Jones. Like, I'm still saying LaVisca. Fair I enough. just think it sounds better with LaVisca. <laughs> it does with Zay Jones. But, so you have unproven um, Alave, Landry that apparently not many people wanted, and, unhel- and Michael Thomas, who has not been very healthy, versus what the Jags have, who you taking? Yeah, I'd probably still take theirs. And I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would like – Michael Thomas is – if healthy and if he performs and why he got paid $20 million is, by the way, like head and shoulders above anything the Jags have. Sure. From a production standpoint. Yeah, I'll give you that. But if he's not like the guy that was catching 125 balls and he's just like good but not like that guy – it would be really interesting to see by the end of the year the numbers on the, that trio. Like, write that down. Okay. The top three Jags, the top three Saints. And, by the way, I would take the Saints, okay? This is not me debating and defending the Jags. But I got a feeling that's not going to be as wide a gap as people think it might be. Because here's the thing. They're investing in Kirk to take a step. Like, they're... Marvin Jones, I think they're hoping he still has something left. And I think Zay Jones are hoping to take a step. And LaVisca, I know they hope takes a step. Like Jarvis Landry, again, he kind of been the Marvin Jones. Like, what's he got, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where is he? Michael Thomas, like, we seriously have not seen the guy play. I mean, has it almost been two full years? Yeah, it's been like, yeah, it's been two years. So, like, what are we banking on? And, again, I think Olave is very is going to be good. But, I mean, can we expect rookie? Well, we can expect some, like a Jamar Chase, to be really good. So I, I just think it's going to be a little closer than you think. And this isn't me saying, I, listen, I would take the, that trail. I really would. But I just got to feel like don't be shocked if you look up and Jags. And by the way, Jags may have a better quarterback. Like Jameis might have a throwing the, the ball to the other team problem. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's kind of changes everything, to your point. If he's, if he's what we saw at the beginning of the season last year, then they might be really good. But if he starts throwing it to the wrong jersey again, which has been known to happen, then, yeah, throw this all out the window. I've got – speaking of, like, maybe a little overhyped, okay? Mm-hmm. Which team out of the AFC West is overhyped, overrated? Because 
quickly and, and for understandable reasons, with all the quarterbacks over there, with the teams the way they look, that has become like, whoa, we've never seen anything like this. Well, I could argue going into last year, we saw it in the NFC West. I mean, those were loaded teams going into the season in the NFC West. Sure. This year, they look loaded going into the AFC West. Well, what happens is, well, the Rams end up winning the Super Bowl. San Francisco is pretty good. Arizona fell off the table after a heck of a start. started better than anybody in the league. And Seattle was a disappointment. Yes. And so Seattle was overhyped. But Seattle was going on pedigree and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. If I give you a team in the AFC West that kind of would fit maybe what the Saints have turned into over the last week or the Seattle Seahawks ended up turning into, who's the most overhyped team in this AFC West that looks like unbreakable, right? Like, how are you ever going to beat a team out of the AFC West is the mantra. Uh, and they're going to beat each other up a little bit, but how's anybody else going to beat them? Yeah. That, that is seriously like the tone around the NFL, not just in Jacksonville because they got to play them. And so if there, is there an overhyped team? Like, a lot of people believe Denver is going to be really good. I do. Like I, And by the way, I can't find anybody that says they're not. But are they really going to be that good? Yeah, I think so. So that, if this is the example you're trying to set, you're not going to get it with me, Brent Martineau. Okay, well, is it the Raiders? The nope. Raiders had Chandler Jones. They signed Max Crosby. They bring in Devontae Adams. It's not them. I got one for you. It's the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert, right? I think he's great. But... You know, the coaching is still questionable. They get Khalil Mack. We'll find out what he is. But, I mean, you're pretty much the same team you were besides Khalil Mack, and we don't know what he is, and you missed the playoffs last year. I love Herbert. I think he's going to be great, but they need to do more around him, and the coaching needs to get better. And they're being overhyped as a team that might win that division, in my opinion, and they still haven't even made the playoffs. So, for me, it's the Chargers. Uh... I think there's two obvious – well, first of all, I think you can debate a little bit on the receiving core and everything else that Denver has. Like, are they overhyped? What have they done? I mean, Cortland Sutton's a good player. Is he a great player? I mean, they signed Tim Patrick. Jerry Judy's got himself in a little trouble. I don't think it's going to impact the year. Yeah. I mean, but uh, do we know? They had Teddy and Drew Locke and some other dudes. I know. I know. Now they have Russell Wilson. So, we'll see. Um. I, so, like, I would lean on them taking a step and being good. Russell Wilson's a huge ad for them. Mm-hmm. I think the, if you're going to pick against a team being overrated, I would could could Chandler Jones' production fall off? Did Max Crosby produce more than maybe his skill set and talent would let on? And is Derek Carr as good as, well, he's been playing lately to earn him $40 million a year? Yeah. Plus, they didn't keep some of the core of the team – with those fifth-year option guys that aren't bad players. What is it, Jonathan Abrams and, mm-hmm. uh, and Josh Jacobs? Yep. Like, I'm not saying they're well, great, but, but, but are they part of it that could have fit? And did they go too superstar heavy, too big contract heavy? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's the answer is yes. I'm just saying you might be able to debate that. And, by the way, they're also the Raiders. Like, the Raiders clearly could be the Jags, boom, went up, dropped. Chicago went up, crashed. Could the Raiders be that next team? I think you're missing the biggest question and all that with the Raiders. I understand what you're saying, but to me the biggest question with the Raiders is, do they have a coach, right? We think McDaniels is pretty good. Is he, though? Because the last time he was, it didn't work. So you're kind of – he's not a first-time head coach, but he is a first-time around this time head coach. And I think 
I listen. I believe in Max Crosby and Chandler Jones enough to be okay. Uh, Derek Carr again. I think he's not going to fall off a cliff. I could be wrong, but to me, the biggest question on that team is: Do they have the right coach in place? And in a first year, and this is the same thing with the Broncos. I understand it, but first year coach in place. What can you can you really expect them to be great? under the first year of a coach. And I guess that's what we're going to find out because both of those teams are going to have first-year head coaches. Yeah, that's uh, so it's, it's interesting. Okay, and by the way, can we make the case that maybe the Tyreek Hill move hurts the Chiefs more than people want to let on? Absolutely. Could we make the case that maybe the Chiefs, who struggled last year out of the gates, if they do that again, might be in catch-up mode in a very deep division that they can't catch up? Have the Chiefs had so many things go right for them? Are they due with a Murphy's Law kind of situation of, look out, maybe you get somebody injured that's pretty key part? I don't know what the answers to those are, but I think you could – it's harder to see that because they've earned, like, a lot of equity. They've been becoming a bit like the Patriots, where Patriots might not even look good on paper some years, but you're like, I'm still got them penciled in for 10 wins. Like this year? Uh, no, I don't do that anymore. That, 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 to me, was the old Patriots. I don't think that's this – I'm not doing that with a second-year quarterback. And, by the way, like the draft they had and so I just meant with fact, the not-looking-good-on-paper thing. The, the, yeah, the Patriots. They don't look great on paper. But yeah. if the Patriots went into the year, like, feeling like this year, in the Brady era, we would still say they're going to win 10, 11 games and, and probably get the number one or two seed. Right. And I think the Chiefs are kind of that team where we're just like, they're going to be there. You know, and in the NFC, I feel like that team is like the Packers, where it's like, well, maybe the Bucks too, but they're going to be there. It doesn't matter. They can lose a guy. They can do this. They can get off the slow start. They can look like they're not playing well. They're going to be there at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like the Chiefs are now that. That's why it's hard to predict against them or pick that they're going to just have a, a tailspin of a year. Uh, and so I'm not sure I'm willing to do that. I'd be way more willing to do that from a trendy uh, history kind of place with a, a team like the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I just don't think Denver's earned enough to maybe get as much love as they're getting. Yeah, they I haven't mean, been able to figure it out. We're going to find out, I guess. But I, I think Russell Wilson gives them a lot, and I think those receivers are good. So we'll see. The question for me with them is the first-year coach part of it, but then can they hold up on defense without a defensive-minded coach? I've got, I've got one for you. Do you think Russell Wilson would rather throw to the two guys in Seattle or the guys that he has here? I would say if that's what you're presenting me and not anything else into it, I would say DK and Lockett. Yeah, I think so too. But when you bring so in... But the depth of that, yeah. The depth of that, as well as the running game you're going to get in Denver that you can lean on, the ability to throw the ball to Javante Williams in the backfield pairing with Melvin Gordon, I think that brings it over because you need to be more worried about a guy like Williams getting out of the backfield versus in Seattle when you had Carson he was straight getting the football handed to him or you weren't throwing it to him. So I think the depth of it, you bring the backs into play and then probably the offensive line as well. I think Denver becomes more favorable. But as two receivers versus the wide receiver core in Denver, it's DK and Lockett all day. All right. I uh, brought this up a couple weeks ago on the show. We haven't made a bet yet. I'm going to see who's willing to do it. Like, But I'm willing to bet that the Jags beat somebody out of the AFC West this year. I don't know which one. Yeah. But I don't think they're going 0-4 against the West. What are you willing to bet? I don't know. What should I be willing to bet? 
I, I mean, we like t- you think I'm crazy, and most yeah. people probably would. So what would you be willing to bet? I mean, it's the NFL now. Be a little careful. I want to just put a Diet Coke on this. Nah, nah. I mean, a couple dollars for sure. I don't know if we're allowed to do this, but here's the thing. We can't bet anything serious because you won't even go through a table. What's your most valuable? That's not serious. What's your most what? valuable card you got? We're not doing that. Not a chance. How about, like, something close? You got a good Trevor card? Mm, yeah. How about we steal Amanda's card? Okay, we can do that. swipe it from her. Okay, so, but what do I get if I win? I just get to keep my card? No, nah, I mean, I'd buy you some uh, more from Davoli's House of Cards. All right, we can do that. Whatever that card is worth, I'll buy you in. All right, we can do that. Works for there me. There we go. That was fun. So yeah, I got a Trevor card on the line. I got faith in you, Trevor. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Like, I'm convinced that it, the, did the Jazz go 0-4 against anybody last year? The West? They did against the NFC West, right? Yeah, yes. Damn you, Urban. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. The Rams, they got clobbered by. The 49ers, they got clobbered by. They almost beat Arizona, actually. Yeah, but they did. They went 0-4. They also went 0-2 against Houston. (laughs) So, just want to work that in. All right. Well, how much is that Trevor card worth? I honestly don't know. Like, is it north of $100? Do you want me to? Sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, I never. I want something valuable. Yeah, I get that. We'll we'll work on it. But I understand the premise that we're working off of now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, we'll see if anybody's willing to dance with me here. Oh, I'm sure you'll find somebody. Well, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, Brent. I understand it's easy to sell Jags optimism in May. Keep that same energy when we get to August. Well, you that's know? why I'm making the bet now. Right. I'm se- Yeah. Okay. Who's going to put it on the table? Somebody on Twitter. Now, people have been wilding today on Jack's Twitter, so I'm sure somebody will make your Coke, six-pack, breakfast. How about a mini-fridge? We need one of those now. <laughs> Anybody want to put a mini-fridge on it? Because we broke ours. Well, I broke ours. And I got 60. How do you break it? It stopped working. I don't know. I got 70 Diet Coke slash Coke Zeros in my car. I need to put in a mini-fridge, and I got no mini-fridge because the mini-fridge is broken. What's the over-under on mini-fridges you go through in college? Like, do they still have those? Yeah, I had one. I've, I've, I got rid of it, of course, now that we need yeah, it. I that only was like had, a big thing, man. I remember that. It was like, like a new wave thing, I felt like, when we were in college. I only had one the whole time. Really? Swear. I don't think we did. I felt like that thing broke all the time. They had to come get it. Technology's better now, though, Brent. You went to college, yeah. like, when they were vending oh. stuff, like electricity. Yeah. And iPhones. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live at St. John's Country Day. Softball team taking off to Trinity Christian. And uh, the baseball team staying right here and hosting North Florida Christian in the regional finals. A chance to go to the final four on the line for the Spartans here tonight. Hopefully the rain holds off getting some darker clouds. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. playing Boston Red Sox highlights, but I had to do it right there. Trevor's story finally doing something for the Red Sox, making their investment worth it, although it was indeed just one home run for Trevor's story. Some of us picked him to win the MVP of the league. Couldn't have been me, but at the same time, it could have been me. 
because, well, it was me. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau along as well. Brent shooting some for TV right now, CBS 47 and Fox 30. So you can catch that on the news in just a little bit. But we got some time right now before Brent comes back. A lot going on in sports. Good. Uh, Yesterday felt weird. Nothing happened yesterday. I played a lot of FIFA last night, but we were spoiled from coming off the weekend. You had all the Game 7s, basketball, NHL, a lot of good things happening over the weekend, and then come to a Monday where all there was was baseball, and they put the Red Sox on in prime time on MLB Network, which is not something that I love because, again, not a Red Sox fan. But uh, then you had a rain delay in that game, so it was just overall it was a weird sports night last night for me at least. Hopefully you found something that kept you interested. But for me, I played a lot of FIFA. A lot of FIFA last night. Uh, even the Jumbo Shrimp are off. They're off on Mondays, as you know, by the way. Uh, Shrimp played earlier today, dropped a 8-4 to game against the Durham Bulls, AAA of the Tampa Bay Rays. Back in action tomorrow in the evening time. You can catch that on ESPN 690. But everything is back in order tonight, at least in my world. We got NHL coming back on tonight, the NBA back on tonight as well, the Heat and the 76ers, or I should say, not the 76ers because the Heat already eliminated them, but the Heat are back in action tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals. Also, the Lightning and the Panthers start their series tonight as well. Obviously, if you listen to this show, you know where I'll be, and I will be locked into the Lightning and the Panthers tonight. Uh, starts at 7 o'clock, Game 1 of that series. Big news today, though, that Brent, Brent's gone, so we're going to talk soccer, folks. And that news is Lionel Messi apparently, if you believe the reports, may be coming to the United States of America. There was reports earlier today that Messi is in talks to join Inter-Miami. If you don't know about Inter-Miami, I will tell you they are owned by David Beckham, a name you may know in the soccer world, former legend, but he owns the team. And there was a report earlier today that Messi is going to leave PSG, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, and come to the States and play for Inter-Miami and also own a good part of the team. And... Listen, I know the soccer talk here in America. I try to bring it to you as much as I can. But this guy is the Tom Brady, is the everything of soccer, right? He hasn't won maybe the championships that Tom Brady has, but he is very much so in the conversation for greatest players to ever play the sport of soccer. And soccer in the United States, as you know, if you're listening, is not a big deal to people. MLS is something that is absolutely and utterly on the back burner and probably for good reason, right? If you watch soccer in Europe or any other country, you understand how high level it is. In the MLS, it's just not that. But bringing this guy to the States would be truly incredible. High class, nothing better. Now, granted, he's on the back end of his career. He's in his 30s, absolutely, his late 30s, I should say. And if you watched him this year at PSG, the goals were not there. If you check the stats, he didn't have them. He created a lot of opportunities. He had some assists. But the goals were out there. He's definitely on the back of his career. Don't get me wrong. But as like what Brent said earlier in the show, this is kind of like Michael Jordan going to the Wizards, but in a different context that we used it for. If this guy comes into the United States, just in general, what he could bring to the sport, you're automatically bringing sellout crowds to every inner Miami game, wherever they go at home, on the road, Whatever they do, you're getting sellout crowds at Inter-Miami just because he's on the team, even if he's not playing in the game. So I think it's a fascinating investment that might be made into the MLS and into the sport of soccer here in the United States. So that news 
yet to be confirmed, but it has been reported on a, fish, a couple official outlets that Messi may be coming to the United States. So we'll keep you posted on that. But I had to work that in while Brent Martineau was out. Also, while Brent Martineau's out, we'll work in this. There's news with Deshaun Watson today. Obviously, there are still questions about if he will play uh, to start the season, if there will be some suspension handed down. We don't know entirely what the situation with that will be, but we are getting some more clarity as the days go on. Obviously, we told you yesterday that the whole squad is going on a trip to the Bahamas. I believe Deshaun Watson has taken his entire team, and I told you yesterday I think that has to do more with cleaning up the image and proving to his teammates that he's worthy of being their leader, if you will. I don't know how if they see it that way, but that's how I see it. Anyway, earlier today on ESPN, Ian Fitzsimmons talked about the situation that's going on with Deshaun Watson, and this is what he said. This is going to drag on for years unless he decides to settle. And he has been pretty clear through his attorneys and everything else that he is not going to settle. So that, therefore, with these hanging over Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, and the National Football League, if Tom Brady, the face of the league at the time, and still is, let's be honest, gets sat down for the immaculate deflation, Mm -hmm. air in a football, you're going to tell me that... Tom Brady gets four games for air, and yet Deshaun Watson has 22 sexual allegations and civil lawsuits against him, even though a grand jury did not indict him two different times. Two different grand juries, two different cities, but still did not take him to criminal trial. These are still 22 lawsuits that are out there, and I I don't see him starting week one for the Cleveland Browns until something is resolved. It's an interesting take, and I agree with them. I've said that on a couple different occasions. I can't imagine that week one, after everything that we know about Deshaun Watson, obviously there have been some developments, but I can't imagine that he runs out there week one and is the quarterback for the Browns. With that being said, who will be the quarterback for the Browns is fascinating to me because I do not believe it will be Deshaun Watson. I also do not believe it will be Baker Mayfield. Whether they trade him, whether he is released, Or the part that I really want to see happen, just because, you know, I love chaos, is the possibility that he is on the roster, but because of everything that happened, refuses to play. Then going into like a third quarterback situation, obviously throws everything out of whack for the Browns. But I think that would be a fascinating situation. And for me, that's par for the course. Listen, I'm all about players getting their money because I understand the risk they're taking. I'm not a former player. You guys know that. But I still want people to get paid, right? But the Deshaun Watson thing does not sit right with me. And I think it probably doesn't sit right with most people how he was found innocent, if you will. But there are still there's still a lot there and still a lot that needs to be decided. And then this guy gets a huge, fully guaranteed deal that we've never seen in the NFL before. It doesn't sit right with me. So the idea that he might not be able to play the start of the season would not hurt my feelings at all. And I think it'd be. And I, I don't know if funny is the right word, but I do think it'd be interesting if Baker Mayfield would be, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. I understand I'm on the roster. I understand I'm supposed to be part of the team. But you went out of your way to replace me. You said all these things about me. I'm not going to help you in your time of need. And then that throws Cleveland out of any potential to be in the run for the playoffs or even relevancy, in my opinion. Obviously, you have Deshaun Watson for a lot of years to come from that point, but I don't know. I think it would be a... Very interesting situation if Deshaun Watson is not able to play in week one. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz, Brent Martineau, uh, be back with us in just a second. We had to sneak that soccer talk in while Brent was out. Also had to sneak that 
Uh, Deshaun Watson talking as well. I'm sure he has a take on it, but he's shooting something for TV right now out there at St. John's Country Day for the high school baseball playoffs. So a lot of good action in our local area for baseball and softball, and Brent has been doing a good job covering that with the entire Action Sports Jacks team. Brent? What's up? Back. I got to talk soccer while you were gone. Oh, that's good. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. Oh, that's very rude oh. of you. See, I had to put this, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, now I'm really sweating. So you're breathing hard, like though. Like blazer, or uh, blazer, like little pullover on. That's what I'm wearing uh, today. Because I had like a Columbia Fireflies shirt on, and so that wouldn't work on TV, but the pullover works. But this is hot, and I forgot to take it off. So I'll have to wait to the commercial break. Why do you have a Columbia Firefly shirt anyway? Uh, so that's a good story. I was wondering if anybody, I was almost kind of like tweet out, hey, I'm representing today Columbia Fireflies. I assume I know why, but I'll let you tell it. Uh, Tim Tebow related. Yep, I know. And so, <laughs> by the way, like it's really not Tim, oh, it is Tim Tebow like related, but it has nothing to do like with, hey, Tim played there, so let's get it. It was more... Anytime you go to a minor league place, it's cool to get something from the minor league. Like, minor league gear is fun. Yeah. And so, like, they had actually cool hats, too. Like, we got a couple of hats there. So we went. It was whatever year he was playing there. It was really a cool sports moment. I understand people like uh, Tebow and the baseball thing or Tebow and this and whatever. But I thought it was a really cool moment. We went to Augusta to cover the Masters. And we left Augusta on a Thursday. So we went, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on that Thursday night in Columbia, South Carolina, Tim Tebow made his professional baseball debut. This was when he was going through the Mets thing, but he started in single-A Columbia. And it's like an hour away from Augusta. True. And so we're like, shoot, let's go cover this thing. But we went and covered the game, and the first at-bat oh, right. in pro ball, he hits a home run. I forgot about that. I mean, the crowd was incredible anyway, right, because we're seeing Tebow and blah, 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 and then he hits a home run. I mean, it was really kind of a cool day. It was, it was pretty neat. You're like... Wait a minute now, what's going to happen here? You know, yeah. That was like, there was still some curiosity, but, I mean, the guy just went to single-A pro ball and hit a home run in his first at-bat. He also hit one in, like, his first he did, uh, in his the spring training, a, right? Well, no, he, spring training or double ball or instructional ball or something like that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, because I, I remember it because I have the photo sign <laughs> of him, like, uh, like bulked up around the bases. He was hype, and I remember it. It was, like, his first at-bat in anything, and then you were right, his first at-bat in uh, – Multiple different levels of baseball. He hit a home run his first at bat. It's crazy. So anyway, like minor league baseball stuff is really fun, man. I mean, they got there are a lot of. That's why the Jumbo Shrimp have done so well. They sell over a million dollars in merchandise a year. They get it. Yeah, and so I mean, Columbia Fireflies isn't like the Jumbo Shrimp. It's more nobody is Brent. It is what it is. But like I think um, one of the hats that we have, Weber and I went, and so we got a hat. And one of the hats that they, you know, it's not like their traditional logo, but the Fireflies logo is, um, like, it has, like, a jar that you catch a lightning bug in. Oh, that's cool. Like a fire, like, we call them lightning bugs, but they're called the Fireflies, obviously. Fireflies, so, yeah. Um, like, do people do that in Florida? No. They don't have them? Fireflies? Yeah. No. Have you ever seen them? No, I was trying to think of that. No, they don't. That's not a Why thing. Why not? I don't know. I'm not a bug habitat person. I well, don't you know why. That, you knew that pretty, like, quickly that, no, they don't have them. Because I was a kid that grew up. You grew up in Indiana, though, right? Well, yeah, well, yes, but I lived here when I in, like, elementary school years as well. But I used to go back to Indiana in the summer, and I would do that. So, like, I know that they don't have them, at least in Bradenton, in Palmetto, Florida, they didn't have them. That's what I can tell you. Confirmed. 
Now we've got to ask, why doesn't Florida have fireflies? See, that's like a zookeeper question. Like, do you know anybody at the Jacksonville Zoo? Uh, no, but I bet Borish knows. Borish would know. I'm going to ask him. Hey, while you're at it, can you get him to follow me on Twitter, please? Really? Like, that's a thing? Like, you want Borish following you on Twitter? Yeah, okay, so when I worked in TV, I thought me and Borish were on a pretty good, you know, basis or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I mean, stopped him. following on Twitter doesn't mean you're not on a good basis, okay? Yeah, it does to me, Brent. I have the other meteorologist, but not money Mike Burrish, who obviously I hate to say it because I love Alyssa Pejic and Corey Sima, but Burrish just carry, carries more weight. I hate to say it. I mean, I hope you weren't this soft when you played. No. I, mean, I just I thought we were friends, bro. <laughs> I'll get Burrish to follow you. Thank you. I'll probably have to pay him, but I'll get him to follow you. You will not have to. He'll be, I guarantee you he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I thought I did. You know, me and Casey, we're, we're cool like that. I stopped him from walking in front of the man multiple times when he would have been on camera. Like, <laughs> I saved this man a lot. Now you're going deep inside TV. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> little man push. Burrish is trying to go. I'm like, hold on, Mike. Hold on, <laughs> that, Mike. By the way, is like a monitor we line up on uh, for TV. Um, back to my fireflies, like, don't you miss Amira, a little bit of Americana if you're in Florida and you can't catch fireflies? Yeah, but we like get to wrestle Like, if that's an actual thing? Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, the the kids in Florida don't know they're missing out on it unless somebody tells them, like you are right now. Yeah, and then when they go up to, like, you know, like, it's really uncool. Like, if you grew up in Florida, it's kind of uncool to live in, like, Indiana, Thanks. Ohio, Pennsylvania. Now you're going after Amanda. I mean, it is, though, right? Like, if you're a kid, like, why are you coming up there? It's warm down here. I mean, maybe a touch of snow. But, like, maybe to get away from the mega heat, like, in the June-July months. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hi, cool, let's go visit Aunt Betsy. Because that's what they say down here. Aunt, I would say aunt, but they say aunt. So, uh, but then you're like, oh, what are these things? Like, as a seven- or eight-year-old kid. Fireflies? Lightning bugs? True. It is a good concept. I give Pretty good. Yeah. Like, pretty good. Like, that might impress you. But they that don't get the to, good weather in the summer. They don't get to chase lizards up there, Brent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me and my cousins have spent a fair amount of time going after the lizards now. Everybody's got something, I guess. I'm telling you what. Uh, everybody's got something. Let's take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, shout out to the Columbia Fireflies after that segment. I guess so. Uh, that, was a, that was a busy segment. We talked about soccer, Deshaun Watson. Baseball, Trevor Story not winning the MVP. All kinds. I was all over the place, Brett. I was updating the people. I appreciate that. Meanwhile, you were just hanging out on TV. Mm-hmm. I know. I was, like, scrambling a little bit, too. I messed up once. So I had to do two takes. Usually one take, Willie, but it was two takes. Oh, you weren't, you weren't live, though? No, no, no. I was taking something. Oh, okay. Well, I, I portrayed it that you were live. Now, I mean, who goes live at 4.40 in the afternoon? I thought you worked in TV. I... Yeah, that's true. That was on my part. I didn't actually say live until now, but I made it sound cooler than it was. You just came in like, yeah, I recorded something, messed up. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep the allure there of TV for you, and you just come and ruin the whole thing, bull in a china shop. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live from St. John's Country Day. Softball team getting out of here to go to Trinity Christian for a regional semis game. The baseball team hosts... North Florida Christian in a regional final. A lot of other action in the area as well, including spring football. So we'll have it all for you tonight on TV on Action Sports Shacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 rolls on right after this.
Oh, you give me a little Xander Bogarts. Thank you. Hey, the man. Red Sox beat the Astros last night. When I tell you there is no sound anywhere, I've had to go back-to-back <laughs> Red Sox home runs. I did Trevor Story because finally, and then I did Bogarts because I don't know. I, I, it was for you. Is bro. everybody on vacation? Literally. I was talking about this a little bit while you were on TV, but we had all this incredible sports all weekend, and then yesterday we literally had nothing, and they had the Red Sox on MLB Network. I had to watch Boston. It was horrible. Horrible. Well, I like this time of year. Get us away from the football. We can celebrate local sports like baseball and softball. We'll be out at some spring football tonight. We had flag football last week. There's been lacrosse. Uh, there's everything going on. And uh, we're here at St. John's Country Day because there's a big baseball game tonight. Right now, the uh, head coach of the Spartans, Tom Lucas, joins us for a couple minutes. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of uh, some pregame warm-ups. I appreciate you coming out here and um, film it from right field line. Yeah, man, we're nice. right. We're in, almost in play. Give you a glove, <laughs> and we'll have a tenth fielder. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, hey, you got here. It is right. You guys had hoped to get to this point all year. I, I tell everybody, if you don't know local baseball, St. John's Country Days had one of the great programs the last couple of years. Made it to the Final Four last year. A lot of expectation here uh, with the Spartans. Just a loaded team. Um, so it's got to be satisfying to at least put yourself in this position, given all the expectations. Absolutely. I mean, we, this senior class has just put their mark on the program. And where they've gotten us um, is, you know, you get all the preseason expectations and the hype, um, but you got to win the games. And so it's, it's good to finally get here to the regional final and have a chance to, to win this game and kind of fulfill the expectations. Well, it's, uh, I was up in Georgia yesterday. It's a little bit of a different animal up there. You get two out of three to get it done and try to get to the next spot. Not here. It's a one-off thing. So you got to play well, and we know it's a crazy game. Uh, any given night, you need to get a little fortunate this time of year too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, the Reds lost um, the other day. They were no-hitter, and they lose one nothing. So it's, um, you know, we, we as Florida coaches, we've pushed for that two out of three for the, the series and the playoffs i don't think anybody likes it just that the one game and done um but we just that's that's the rules we have and so we just get our kids focused on you you just you gotta you know do all the simple things well and take advantage of opportunities there's more and more information out there than ever before i was actually talking to uh, marcy higgs from unf softball about this last week and they even have more information every game's on espn plus but North Florida Christian, you play them maybe 10 years ago, and you don't have as much information as you now do. With the travel ball circuit, you're probably familiar with kids, and now you've played them a few times, I think, over the last couple of years. What do you know about them, and, and uh, what kind of game will this be tonight? Well-coached team. Um, they're, they're a young team. They've only got a, you know, a, a few seniors, um, don't have like a, a, a shutdown arm. Um, but they're going to try to throw probably three different arms is what we think we're going to see. But like you said, last night I got, I got to watch two of their games. I watched 14 innings of baseball of, of previous games they played. I get on perfect game, prospect select, PBR, and I'm looking at velos, and then I'm setting up the machines for all three of those guys that we could wow. see. And so the coaches are just calling out, all right, they made a change. All right, the machine's now at 85 with a slurve, or now we're at 82 with a 12-6 curveball. And, you know, that's you know the technology in the world that we're in. Um, we put all our games out there in stats and so they're, they're probably doing the exact same thing of who we're going to throw um so we're, that's and that's all you can do is you try to prepare and then once they say play ball you know you, you've got to go out there and win that pitch yeah it's a little different uh, in this sport than maybe even football at times where you can out scheme them or even out coach in basketball i think you can do that to a degree baseball you can do a little of that and you got to push the right buttons but a lot of it's how well that pitcher does on the mound and how you swing the bat your team is you're I said the other day, I mean, in my 15 years here, probably one of the most dangerous teams that I can remember in, at a high school level. Um, 
that top of the order is just so darn good with, with Brad Hodges and Jordan Taylor and, and Finn Howell. And you've got more. I don't want to take anything away from the other guys, but those three are as good as any three in, in, in maybe the state, maybe the country, quite frankly. That's a, that's a really potent one, two, three. And uh, we're, just, we're proud of those guys and the, the age of transfers and things like that. All those kids were here as middle schoolers. And so, I mean, I've seen those kids. Brad couldn't even play, wasn't even eligible to play baseball because he was here as a fifth grader. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that's pretty cool for us. Um, you know, it's going to be sentimental. Whether we win or lose, this is still going to be their last game tonight ever here at St. John's. Um, and we, we owe a lot to them. They have left their stamp on this program. What? Uh, just give us a... A quick look. I keep mentioning, hey, maybe these guys get drafted. But by the way, Virginia, Florida State, North Florida, how good are they going to be at the next levels, whether that's collegiate or possibly pro ball? Yeah, I mean, so Jordan Taylor's the one. He's the, the, the toolsy player that all the, the MLB guys like. You know, he's got certain tools that you just can't coach. Um, so to me, he's probably the guy who's got the most potential, you know, to, that'll go pro this year. Um, he's got enough, you know, full ride to FSU. So he's got some, some great options. Um, Brad. You know, with UVA and what they've done with left-handed pitchers is, is really good. And then this year, the way he swung it, I mean, so they're talking about him being a two-way guy at UVA. Um, but he, he's probably a guy, he has a chance to get drafted, but he's probably somebody you're looking three down, years down the road. But it should, could be pretty cool to see him DHing next year in the ACC on the weekends and then maybe pitching, you know, midweek games or Sunday afternoon games. And then Finn, I don't know what they're going to do at UNF. I talk to the coaches all the time. I said, you're going to have a very hard decision of how you're going to use this kid because he could be a weekend arm. And he's as good in the middle defensively in a, in a bat that I just don't know how you manage that. Yeah, you know, it's he's, he's that talented of a kid. Uh, that is a lot of talent out on the field. And uh, he's obviously been a supreme high school player for you uh, as well. You, the cool part about this group, and I think I've got this right, it goes all the way back to, like, your Cooperstown team, doesn't it? Uh, some of these kids? So Brad and Finn have probably played together since they were four or five. I mean, their their dads were be- their dads played at Ed White High School together. Yeah. They were they were best friends, so they played together as soon as they could. Um, Jordan joined that group when he was in the seventh grade. Okay. So they've all been together from 13U on as on team together. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty special. Tom Lucas with us, St. John's Country Day. Uh, Spartans head coach, they played North Florida Christian. Tonight, 7 o'clock, we'll have some of the highlights tonight on Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. I guess I ask every baseball guy that comes on. We live it. You know it. Uh, we'll, we'll see on the travel circuit this summer as well. But it's just so dang good. Oh. I mean, it's so good. So good in the state. Uh, what you guys taught us last year, and even I think it was Bowles last year with Bowmeister, is it is hard to win a state championship yeah. in the in the state of Florida. Very hard. I mean, the pitching, hitting a baseball is the hardest thing you can do in sports. I mean, it's just that hard. And then the level of, I mean, when I played, you never saw 90. Like, you, I mean, it was very, very rare. And, I mean, we'll see it 20-something times this year, maybe more, um, and hit it. I mean, successfully hit it, which is crazy. I was talking to the Dodgers double-A manager a little while ago, and they faced a guy who was 103. And he's like, we're, and we hit four outs. I mean, it's just, nice. how do you do that? And so it's right now in Northeast Florida, like the 22 class in our area is the best. To me, you have to go back to the late 80s for a class like this with just how deep the talent is with, like, big-time D1 Power 5 schools and then possible draft guys. Um, I know just voting for the All-Star game this year was, I mean, it's there's guys that are left out that we know the scouts will put them on that team. Yeah. Um, so Brad and Jordan made it, but Justin Nadu doesn't. 
You know, and that's not right. He's, he's one of the best hitters yeah. in this area. If I not call the, him the best. Yeah, I mean, and you're probably right. And he doesn't get, he doesn't make it, you know. And Max Williams at Clay, I mean, yeah. that's. Alabama coming Yeah, in. just how deep this, this squad is of the 2022s is pretty talented. Well, it's good stuff, Tom. Lucas done a heck of a job. Uh, and go, go finish the job if you can. I know you can only control so much, but I know a lot of people will be rooting for you to win a state championship. And uh, they got to get by tonight first. I appreciate it. Thanks you for coming out. Uh, Tom Lucas, St. John's Country Day. They played North Florida Christian tonight. We come back right after this action sports shacks on espn 690 we are live with the spartans here on a tuesday afternoon we've got some football at five coming up next on espn 690 without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.